the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You ever get to the point in your walk with Christ where you feel that you were the last straw that broke the camel's back? There's no way back to grace. Well, we've got some encouraging news for you. If you'll stay with us today for this edition of Abounding Grace. I think we've all been there a time or two. We find ourselves wallowing in our misery, our sin, feeling like there's no way back to grace, like we've actually committed the unpardonable sin. And it's God's word that comes back to us and says, well, not quite. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we continue our journey through Romans, we find real encouragement and some great comfort when it comes to our security in God. Inseparable from God's love is the title of our message today, chapter 8 of Romans, verses 28 through 39. Here's Pastor Gary and today's program. Inseparable from Christ's love. Through a series of questions, beginning in verse 31, the apostle leads us into what must be the very treasure room of the Christian faith. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Notice how he leads us to this question. He begins with doctrine, because without truth there is no way to know the love of Jesus except as fleeting sentiment. So in verses 29 and 30, Paul talks about God's predestinating love, God's calling power out of darkness, God's justifying grace to us through the obedience and shed blood of His Son and the promise of heaven. So if God be for us, question number one, who can be against us? God has already shown us how much he is for us, verse 32. Remember, he didn't spare his son. He wasn't intent with the Lord. He wasn't lenient with the Lord Jesus at all. He poured out upon him the full curse that our sins deserve, that he might be merciful to us. Well, in light of this, who can lay any charge? Verse 34. Who can condemn? These charges and accusations can't stick to us because Jesus has paid the penalty for all of our sins by his death on the cross. So now we come to verse 35 and Christ's inseparable love. Paul has given us a whole tapestry of the Christian faith, but every one of the lines lead to this the love of the Son of God for us, for sinners. And that will be our theme for today. Now, when we hear what the Lord Jesus has done for us, surely we've got to be like Thomas, my Lord and my God. 
when we hear like they heard when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. And two of the disciples looked at him and asked, Where do you live? You see, once we hear of this great love of the Son of God for us, any real hearing of the gospel must always bring with it a desire to know, Lord, where do you live? How can I know of you? How can I learn of you? What wondrous love is this that you would lay down your life for me on the cross? Oh, I can understand hell. I know I deserve hell. I can understand why you would send everyone without exception to hell. What I cannot understand is your love for sinners and that you would lay down your life and offer eternal life to us. And this should be the response of us all in hearing the gospel. And even though we deny it many times as believers, with Peter we keep coming back to, Lord, you know I love you. Lord, you know I love you. Lord, you know I love you. But what does that tell us about our love for Christ? That it is weak. On its best day, there's nothing in our hearts that can compare to the heart of love of Him who was crucified for us on the cross. And that is why in verse 35, it is not our love for Christ that serves as any kind of consolation or encouragement to us. It is His unchanging love for us. No matter what happens, no matter what we go through, no matter how godless our past may have been, how miserable and dreadful the present may be, no matter how gloomy and foreboding the future may be, we have this wondrous, unstoppable love of Christ for His people. And it is upon this that our peace and our security and our joy rest. It does not rest on our performance. It does not rest on anything, however good in itself, that we may rejoice in. Our family, our knowledge, our understanding of Scripture. No, it's not based on our circumstances, even that we are Americans. In fact, that actually speaks against us being loved by God. What does love, what this love is based on is the Lord, excuse me, of love who for His holy and good and wise reasons, because He is love, determined to love the unlovable, the undeserving in His Son. Now this last question that is raised in verse 35, the question of this series we've been going through, is very personal. Because we certainly must have a share in what Christ has done for us, right? No, that kind of Jesus won't do us a bit of good. And I'm afraid for most of us, that is kind of the way we look at the gospel. Well, it's just another myth. It's just something else sentimental. It's just something preachers still use after all these years to make themselves a living. No, we of course don't believe any of those things. Because we've understood that we must come to Jesus Christ personally. We must come to Him directly. We must come to Him inquiringly saying, Lord, save me. 
Lord, save me. Who is this Christ that loves us? Well, he was crucified on the cross. He rose three days later by the power of God. He reigns at the right hand of the Father in his glorified body. But you may ask, well, how can a glorified physical body be in heaven? This reminds us that the world is not what the scientists tell us it is. It is what God says it is. There is much more to this world than is found in our books and in our philosophies and in our sciences. This Christ rules over all things, reigns over all, and this God loves us. And so that we may know his love and come to partake of him, he has given us his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the bond of the union between Christ and us so that we can come to partake of his love. And by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is said in Scripture to be our very life, that our lives are hidden with him in the Father, that it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be with him and like him and transformed by him. In the midst of these promises, Jesus Christ is the center. He is the focus. He loves us. He will never stop loving us. And having loved his own, he loved them to the end, John said. And if he loved us when he went to that cross, beloved, you can be sure he loves us in 2022. Because now he is scattering his enemies. Now he is gathering his host around him who believe the gospel. And nothing can quench this love. Nothing can quench this relationship. Peter later in Ephesians calls it high and broad and deep and wide. It is so powerful that we need to pray in order to even understand it. Because his love is vast. In verse 30, we see what it is settled in, which is predestination. It's settled in God's eternal decree because we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Isn't that comforting? That God chose in his mercy to love us when we did not deserve to be loved, but actually deserved his wrath. Therefore, none of our circumstances, none of our performances, none of our troubles that we're going through right now are inseparable from this God who has loved me and chosen me and you in Christ. It's not based on anything changing in my life. It is based on God's eternal decree to save us. It is based on a continuing, in verse 30, of God's call. In love, God has called us out of darkness with the voice of His Son, and He justified us. How did the Lord Jesus justify us? He loved us by obeying in our place, and He loved us in death by bearing our curse on the cross. His love is too wonderful. And I am unworthy and unable to talk about it in any way that will be meaningful. So I can only pray 
that he himself will teach your heart today. Now there are troubles though. Notice verse 35. There are troubles that come that may make us think that we are separated from the love of Christ. He mentions here such things as tribulation, which would be the outward troubles and sufferings we endure as Christians in this world. Distress would be the inward agitation of the spirit, the worried fearfulness, the sense of oppression and suffocation that comes with those troubles. Persecution, of course, famine, it says nakedness, peril, and sword. These would be the world's outward, overt opposition to Christians, all of which are going on in other places around the world right now. The only reason they are not going on here is because God is holding back the wicked by his power and his providence. So what do we do during these times? The love of Jesus may seem far away from us. Calvin said something very interesting on this verse. He said, faith must mount up on the wings of God's promises to taste of the love of God in Christ. In other words, all these things can be happening to us. And it's not simply that God says, but I'll always be loving you, so don't worry about it. No, no, no. He is saying something more than that. He is saying that in these things, I am loving you. That these things that happen to us, the troubles, the stresses, the disease, the persecutions, so far... They are from separating us from Christ's love that they actually become powerful vehicles by which we taste of his love more deeply than we ever would before. That's why very often we hear people say, who reflect bad on, back on bad experiences in their life, that that was the worst day of my life, but it was also the best day of my life. Why is that? Like Joseph, you meant it for evil, brothers. But God meant it for good. Why is that? Because in the tribulations, in the distresses, in the sufferings, in the diseases, these things don't happen accidentally. In the loneliness, in the opposition from the world, these things are no mistake. The Lord has brought these things into our lives. Yes, to show us that we are weak. Yes, to lead us to depend upon Him and pray. But even more, to show us how refreshing and how encouraging and how strengthening His love is for us when we believe those gospel promises. So, child of God, Jesus is loving you, not in spite of your troubles. He is loving you in the troubles. He has brought the troubles so that you may know more how inseparable you are from his love. What are you supposed to do with this? Well, we may be tempted to think it's going to be different for me. You don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my children. You don't know my boss. You don't know my body. You don't know about my checkbook, and on and on and on we could go. The reason the Lord Jesus has brought all these things 
is so that we will learn that his love is that which makes life worth living. Without his love, we may as well just go and commit suicide or just spend all the days of our lives watching whatever ball game may be on the boob tube. Something to numb the pain of emptiness. That's why there's so much movement around in our culture. So many sports, so much entertainment. That's why the internet has morphed into what it is, an entertainment black pit. Why? It is an anesthesia for lost souls. It is something to cover up the numbness of life without knowing the love of God in Jesus Christ. Don't leave here today without knowing that love. Verse 36 is a direct quote from Psalm 44, 22. It's added to show us that no matter how bad things are, at their worst, God loves us. The psalmist in Psalm 44, which I won't read today, but he talks about how great God was to his people, how faithful he was of old. But now, O Lord, look, your enemies have invaded your temple. Then he says, they killed us. And notice he says, as he quotes it here, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Oh, that just doesn't mean these things are happening regularly. It means they are happening without any let up at all. So Paul brings this up, certainly not by accident. The Holy Spirit led him to do it, to show us that in the very worst imaginable situation, God is still in control. Imagine that there are tanks and guns like many despots have used through history against their own people. Imagine that outside this church building there are black ash heaps where some of you were burned at the stake. These things have happened many times and they are happening now in places around the world. Imagine that we live in the killing times of Scotland. Imagine those worst times. We can't do the things we are doing now here when you are worrying about are we even going to live tomorrow to worship God? If we merely come out into the open and confess faith in Christ, our livelihoods are on the line and in many nations, our very lives are on the line. Paul said in that worst time, None of us have ever faced times like these. But still, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He is loving us in the trouble. He is helping us. He is blessing us. But again, if when those trials and those fears and those troubles come, if we're going to know this love, what do we have to do? We have to believe God's promises. There's no other way to know the love of Christ and to believe when God has been telling us in these verses, such as God chose us in Christ. He called us out of darkness. He justified us through a son. He promises heaven to us and no one can condemn us. He didn't spare his only son for us. 
In other words, if we are going to know the love of Christ, we have to know the gospel. We have to believe it and we have to ponder over it. We have to pray it. We have to love it. We have to lay hold of Christ Jesus. Again, there is no other way. Faith is what unites us to the Savior. And our faith comes by how? By hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. That is why you hear preachers constantly say, and you do for me especially, hey, you need to be in the Scriptures. You need to be memorizing the Word. You need to meditate on Scripture. That may come across to you as guilt manipulation. But what I'm telling you, for myself, it is mere pure survival. It is pure survival because I know and I am persuaded from Scripture that there is no other way to know the love of Christ, no other way to be satisfied in it, to be happy in it, to avoid the temptations and the trials and the heartaches that at the least separate us from any sense of that love. And then life is merely like a living funeral. There's no other way than to stay in the Lord. Because it is the word of Christ. And that is how he relates to us. And if we do not want a speaking Savior, you've come here today to the wrong building. If we don't want a Savior who is the word and who speaks and who went about teaching and who has given us his spirit to guide us unto all truth, we have come to the wrong place. If we're going to relate to Jesus and hold on to him and know him, we're not going to find him merely in the back of our heads somewhere. We're not going to convince ourselves that everything is going to be okay. No, we've got to fall on our faces before this book and read it and study it and meditate on it and memorize it and cling to it. And not merely as a religious exercise. Not so we can feel better about what we're doing, but because this is the word of Jesus, the Son of God, who came down to heaven, from heaven, for you. This alone is his word. And even as believers, believers, if you've been a Christian for 40 years, you are still in the wilderness of this life. And you must have the, this manna and eat this food. Because unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God and drink His blood, you have no life in you at all. And the way we eat and the way we drink as we come to this feast of God's promises, Calvin was right. It is God's promises that are the wings we mount on up to heaven to partake and taste of the love of God in Christ. And then let troubles come. For like he says in verse 37, we are more than conquerors. Now Paul was very fond of superlatives. And this is one of his more unique ones. It is one word in Greek, more than conqueror, or may I say, uber conqueror. Now this doesn't mean and listen, because I want you to be real clear on what this verse means and what it does not mean. So let's start with the negative. 
This verse does not mean that we are going to slide through life and never feel anything bad. It doesn't mean we're going to be over, we're, that we are going to overcome all the obstacles in a day. In fact, God, listen to me, may keep certain obstacles in your life all your life and never take them away. He may never make your back feel better. He may never give you a clear mind. He may never recover you to full strength because he knows. This is the way to keep you on your knees and seeking him. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.